Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 181 of the 365 Message Center show. Today, we're talking about, we've got a, a few meetings in Teams announcements about Meet Now and registration page for the Teams meetings. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Microsoft Viva. So let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, everyone. This is fresh off the Super Bowl. Daryl, I don't think the Super Bowl is a big thing down where you are, right? The American football no. Super Bowl. No, there, there are some American football fans here in New Zealand, yeah. but Super Bowl usually talks about um, Auntie Burchess's uh, big bowl of, of ambrosia. Yes. Wow. It's a dessert. I got gotcha. you. So... I uh, hope everyone is back to work uh, in America traditionally. Now, the, we're all working from home anyway, but uh, traditionally, this is the day that most people call in sick, uh, is the day after the Super Bowl, the Monday after Super Bowl, because people uh, partied too hard. But with COVID, I'm pretty sure everybody's just, we're just rolling out of bed and getting to work anyway, so I don't know how you call in sick because you're you want to stay home. So um, let's just kind of jump into it. All right, let's let's jump yeah. into the show and we're working. So should you be right? Well, yes, we should be. We should be working. <laughs> so the first up, we have the message. Get a meet now meeting link in Teams. This is MC237392. And this really, for me, felt like, oh, there's that button that we've been missing. Uh, for me, you know, to harken back to Skype. And that's kind of like what we've been, uh, that was really one of the cool things I thought I used a lot in Skype was you could meet right now and it was just really easy to do. Uh, is just click that button and, and get started with a meeting. And we've been able to do it. It's just having this button. It's kind of, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what it is, but um, we are in mid-February. So here in a week or so, uh, they'll start rolling this out and should be completed by late February. Being able to click, uh, have a meet now button uh, in Teams. And this doesn't have to be a meeting uh that you want to have right now, <laughs> even though it says meet now, um, it is, you can get the link and share it with uh, someone later. So it is something to where um, you can just say, I want a meeting link and I want to share it right now and not have to fire up a meeting invite, for instance, right? You can just click this and get that link and share it with. Oh, I've got uh, a question about that. I know I, like, your face, your, for yeah. those on the audio, his face was contorted mm. in a way of Daniel's not telling the truth here. Um, no, I don't think you are. Yeah. No. So it well, says. I, 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 only and I'm thinking about user experience yeah. that, okay, you can schedule a meeting. We know about yeah. that. The meeting, meet now button is, we're going to meet now. But it looks like what they're introducing is as you're going through that initial, let's meet now, mm -hmm. uh, you can copy the link and send that on to someone right now. And then when you hit that start the meeting button, then the meet now will start. 
yes if you click the start meeting the meeting will start mm-hmm. yes but you don't have to click that meet that start meeting right now you can okay. copy the uh invite the link yes. and send yeah. it to someone whether that's uh, via instant message that's email that's carrier pigeon and okay. then wait see it says users can copy Choose to copy and share the link in advance, which implies what? implies that it's not happening now, right? In no, advance. Right. Okay. What? So um, Daryl's face being contorted oh, in a way of Daniel's not telling the truth um, was not true. So well done, well done. Defend that. Um, now, does that mean that that link is unique and? It will just sit there for the the very next time that you hit the start meeting button. I don't think we have enough information. I think it's That's going the to the safe answer. <laughs> I think <laughs> it, it is a a link that's unique to this meeting that you're starting. Yeah. yeah so it's not like a a general link for you. And so, mm. you know, like a room that's, you know, just yours that. Yeah, you remember that with Skype when you could just yep. set up your own persistent link and people yeah. could just jump in. Yeah, and other services do it. You know, there's other meeting, online meeting services that have, you know, uh, your own URL. But I, I think this is just for this meeting. Um, you, you, I think there's going to be times when um, you're wanting to create a um an email or a meeting invite or something and you're wanting to do this in a way that it's formatted differently so this would be a way to send a meeting invite and have it formatted differently now what i feel like though is you're going to get yourself in trouble because when people are going to attend a teams meeting in their calendar and it, it there's going to be a if team if it's a teams invite then your calendar is going to know it's a Teams. It's going to give you that join button, right? Like mm-hmm. in Outlook. But if you send a meeting invite that's like a regular meeting invite that you've copied this URL and pasted it into the body of the meeting invite, you're not going to get that join button, I don't think. Yeah, and, and, and why would you? Right. So uh, I think this is definitely worth testing when it comes mm-hmm. out because my thinking is when you click the Meet Now button, that's when it creates the unique link for that Meet Now. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's it's a case of where I wouldn't want to send a, a meeting invite because that's just too long and laborious. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to drop it into some chat system yep. somewhere. That's what I and, and away we go. But does if I come away from that screen and then try to go back to that same meet now, I expect that it will probably generate a new link. I do too. I, that's what I expect, yeah. but it is definitely worth testing. So anyway, February is our date, uh, so it should be completed by late February. Let's get some insights, uh, more insights into Microsoft Teams, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, um, now the, the insights app. Um, let's just say that this message has been in the message center in another form earlier. So that's why it starts with reminder. Insights app and Microsoft Teams will be available starting in February 2021. MC two three seven six three zero. Why is it a little different now? It's because something was launched last week. Microsoft Viva gave us a lot more insights into the Insights app. <sighs> yes, I had to make that joke. <laughs> um, but Daniel, it's um, 
it's it's interesting this all right so when we saw it coming through the message center we could see yes it is about bringing in the my analytics experiences at least some of them into teams so that we don't have to go to outlook and open the insights there it's it's there right and um when we go to the my analytics page of course we get that full uh, look and experience but what's coming into teams is two um experiences and they were made clear with the announcement of, of Microsoft Fever and its collection of services. First of all, the Stay Connected app. So that is about um, nominating the people that you want to stay connected to. Um, you can pin them. You'll be able to see, you know, when was the last time you, you the kind of conversations that you had with them, email chats and, and the like, shared documents. And also you'll get prompts to, to set up one-on-one -on -one meetings with them. So trying to maintain the connections with people that matter to you. And there'll be a, a lot more there in the, in the Stay Connected tab as, as time goes on. The second tab will be the Protect Time tab, which is Focus Time, but in another label. Uh, and you'll see uh, some prompts there about scheduling Focus Time for yourself each day throughout the week. And uh, it's just a good place to do that, to, to make sure that you can. Um, I know that those two things are useful. I certainly use focus time. Um, I don't really look at the insights from Outlook, but will I do that from Teams now that it's going to be there as an app? What do you think, Daniel? Maybe. And I think I'll, there's people are having a little bit of hard time. Not a hard time. It's just a little tougher to grasp some of these um, wellness type of act of things that we're getting exposed to. I'm not saying they're bad. In fact, I think they're good. It's just a little harder for us to grasp what it is and what it's doing and the benefits because it's not something that's going to be tabulated, really. Mm. Um, and so I think what we're going to see is that um, these apps, I don't feel like are going to be home runs for Microsoft. But I think they will score runs. So I'm giving analogy in baseball terms, but I feel like they w will give us a lot of benefit. I'm just not sure it's going to be the most popular app ever, but it will be something that is used and brings benefit. Um, the I hope I expressed my I, I like it. It's just I don't think everybody's going to herald it. I just I think it's going to be one of those things that people use and get benefit mm. from and and kind of move on uh, through their day. The thing that I am getting a little worried about, and I don't know how worried I am, but I'm getting a little worried, is that we're getting too many apps in Teams. And I'm not sure, I don't think we're there yet. It's just, I'm seeing this on the horizon that we're going to be getting all of these apps. And eventually we're going to have to hide them behind, you know, the the ad apps, you know, the, the ellipsis, you know, kind of, the more apps, I guess, menu. I just feel like on the rail, there's going to be too many things there eventually. Um, mm, you know, mm. if we're pinning our own stuff, Viva is going to be bringing separate uh, items coming. We're, we'll talk about that. Um, and then as an organization, we may pin other things on there, our home site, and as well as our own custom apps and et cetera, et cetera. So that's, the, that's actually with this, the thing that I'm worried about is... Mm -hmm. How many is going to be too many when we get apps on our rail for our users and teams? 
But for this mm. specifically, um, I, I, I really do think people are going to use it and get benefit out of it. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, I know the anal- analogy that's often used when they talk about my analytics over the years has been it's the Fitbit for work. Mm. Uh, and just like a Fitbit or just like a smartwatch that tells you how you're doing, it's only any good if you look at it and check out those insights. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> th- this is going to be the thing about about it. Now, um, maybe just while you're talking about how this thing will be rolled out and whether where it will appear on the app bar, that is something that's quite different to the way um, other apps have been rolled out in the past. Um, initially, and this was part of this is part of the reason for the reminder that um, initially in February it is going to be available for people to go into the app store, catalog, whatever they call it, and say, I want to install it for my experience. Mm-hmm. And from there, great. You could you could look at it from the ellipsis menu, or if you wanted to, you can pin it there for yourself to the app rail, app bar, left-hand navigation app, something. I've, I've seen that mentioned so many different ways. <laughs> um, and this is from a guy who, who writes instructions for people to... Um, <laughs> You know, always nice. looking for how does Microsoft talk about this now? Um, maybe I should align with that um, today. Uh, now that that's how it will appear in February and in March, it will be automatically installed if you haven't already done so. But it will sit underneath that ellipsis, the three dots menu, and again it'll be over to you whether you pin it or not. Over above all of this, of course, your admins can go in and they can use a policy to pin the app and to install it and. Um, add it to the growing list of applications on the app bar. Mm-hmm. So that's how it'll roll out. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be there. I think, look, it's probably worth another discussion as we do a deeper dive into other things, Viva, because we won't try and do that now. Um, that would be silly. <laughs> but um, there's lots of different openings for how um, once it is an app, adoption can be driven for something like this and we've seen that transition for even the yammer communities app where now they've got notifications in the activity feed so Mm -hmm. maybe we'll see notifications in there for insights Mm -hmm. uh so that's how it's rolling out um and you know it'll be complete by end of april um after those two phases of february and march Mm -hmm. and uh daniel there's uh something uh, around saying goodbye to something um, <laughs> rather yeah. than saying hello. It's so hard. Um, so we're saying goodbye to Microsoft. That was voice to men, right? It was. Microsoft Edge. But I didn't want to keep singing it because then we get a copyright infringement. And yeah. Yeah, because it's so so accurate and close to the real thing. Hmm. All right. So new details. Microsoft Edge legacy support to end on March 9th. 2021 MC237900. So this is all about the Microsoft Edge, the old version, the legacy version, not the new one, the Chromium version. This is the old version. Uh, will The support will end on March 9th. This is something that I think is great. And most people are like, yay, because the new version is so much better. The problem is, is that legacy was installed on a bunch of machines and most people didn't uninstall it. It's still there. And so what's going to happen is a uh, Microsoft is going to take care of that for you. Uh, 
So in they're going to roll out an update that will remove the legacy app. So the Microsoft Edge legacy. So it'll be part of the Windows 10 cumulative monthly security update uh, that'll be rolling out. So um, you can install the update yourself if you want to, to go ahead and get it. Uh, but it is something that uh, if you don't, and when it's installed, then you will have to, uh, then you'll see it, that will be replaced. So the uh, April 13th is when they're gonna roll out the update, um, update Tuesday, April 13th is when they're gonna actually roll it out and force the removal of the, uh, of the app. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention on this real quick is that uh, in the message it talks about kiosk mode. If you're using, uh, explicitly you're using Edge Legacy in kiosk mode, then you're gonna to need to set it up again uh, in the new Edge. Uh, so it won't do that. This None of this process is going to carry over those settings. So you're going to need to do those settings uh, yourself manually. So there's a That's lot. That's good to know. It's not yeah. going to break your kiosk. <laughs> yeah. So just know that if you, I think what you really need to do is uh, take a look at, there's a lot of information here in this message, you know, from a change management aspect, from an education Customer aspect, that is one thing. Another thing I want to point out is just that there there's additional configuration that will be required. So as an IT admin, uh, you definitely need to check out all these links. If you're not an IT admin, make sure you get this information to your IT admin um, if just to make sure that all your stuff is going to continue to work. And if not, then what kind of remediation steps that need to be taken. Um, but I'm excited that they're finally getting rid of it. In fact, I probably still have it on a few machines of my own. Um, so this is something that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking, but just know that it's gonna be happening very, very soon. Um, speaking of saying things to people, like we're saying, or saying things to people. Yes, we said goodbye to Edge Legacy, but we're gonna say hello to people that register. Yes, we are. See Dan. how I did that? Uh, that was a good transition, wasn't it? That was, yeah, so smooth. I think that's part of the entertaining factor of our show is how great we are at transitions. Yeah. Um, introducing a registration page for Microsoft Teams meetings, MC237807. Uh, this is a surprise to me, not, not so much the feature, because it was talked about at the last Microsoft Ignite, that's how we refer to Microsoft Ignites now, because we'll have two of them a year. Um, this initially was talked about as being a way for people to register for webinars, and maybe I made a mistake here. I thought it was just about live events, but of course, webinars can be run using regular meetings, private meetings that are in real time, and they give you a few more interactive aspects of it than the, the buffered delay of a live meeting. Um, so custom registration page, so that means that you can set up that page and people can go to it and register for that meeting or that webinar. And uh, the, the key thing around this too is that um, when you do configure it um, as a meeting organizer, you have to do this from your Teams desktop app and, or from the Teams web app. It's not something you can do from your mobile. Uh, you'll have to go through and, and do it that way. Um, meeting organizers will also, if they're trying to organize a, a meeting with 
people from outside of your organization and they'll want to expose that registration page, they'll have to contact their Microsoft 365 admin to grant them permission to create pages that do this. And this is a PowerShell thing. Once again, maybe we'll see a UI eventually. Um, but there's a few things in the policy, like uh, allow meeting registration has to be enabled. Who can register? Its default is set to everyone in your organization, uh, a bit like when you share files, everyone in my organization. Um, but this one needs to be set to everyone. Um, and there's something else here in this message too. It almost feels incomplete. So I use the great little feature at the bottom of our message center messages of like or don't like. And um, I sent something through. It says, well, this third thing apparently that you need to do to prepare, it says set the something to enabled disabled. By default, this setting is enabled. It's you a, see what I'm saying there, it's a, it's a ghost setting. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. It says set the to enabled disabled. Set yep. the... Yep. Hmm? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yep. Well, anyway, it's it's going to be rolling out in early March. Um, maybe uh, in uh, during the week, we'll see what that third thing is that we need to set. Um, but you'll probably find that. Well, look, I couldn't even find it by going through to some you of those couldn't. other policy PowerShell pages um, that that it mentions down below. Yeah. Um, but it will be complete uh, by early April and available for us to use. I think it's a, a good feature to gather interest and point people to an event and be still leveraging uh, Microsoft Teams as your, your webinar meeting infrastructure. All right. Yeah. Well, that brings us into quick mentions, doesn't it, Daniel? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us about the iPad, sir, the Office app. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I've been using the Office app on uh, my iPhone for some time. And I did try to install it on the iPad. Mm. And it's, you know, default state is we're going to flip you around to portrait mode. We're going to double the size of it. And it's going to look ugly as <laughs> something. Yeah. As, as a, a non-optimized app. Well, um, good news. It will be optimized. It is uh, going to be um, going to be released in a form that actually is great for the iPad. Uh, so looking forward to that, and that was, and look, I haven't even mentioned the, the number here. Sorry about that, people. Uh, we have, I'll just take a close look at Daniel's version on the screen, MC237384. Your head got really blue. big. It did, <laughs> it did. But I had to, I had to like, I'm an old person, I'm looking at this. Sorry, nice. sorry, people. Nice, um, so... <laughs> Yeah. Nice. So that's uh, yeah two three seven three eight four. Yeah. That's the one. And it's uh you said mid February, right? Yep. Mid, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Mid February. Thank you for doing that for me. So another quick mention before we get to Microsoft Viva is this change come into your Power Automate service MC two three seven four four seven real quick. Basically, you were able to previously um, open up a ticket and with Microsoft and it be for support, but it be either technical or advisory. Uh, meaning advisory is kind of this, I need help understanding what to do in this case or how to use this, not it's broken, that's technical uh, support. And so what they're gonna do from starting March 1st, they're gonna allow customers to uh, submit 
support cases for advisory issues, but only to the, according to their support plan. So there's two plans that you can use. Um, you can have a professional direct uh, plan or a unified contract. A unified contract has that depends upon your agreements with Microsoft. Okay, so uh, but the professional direct is last time I looked nine dollars per user per month, um, and that's you can. It's kind of a premium support option where you can open up tickets and get advisory. How do I do this? What would be the best method? Those kind of questions. Uh, so just letting you know that if you open up a ticket. There's going to be now, starting now, and, and they're going to ask you a question kind of in there, an extra one to try to understand, is this technical or is this advisory? And then it may give you a warning if it's determined it's advisory and you don't have a support plan. So that's that's what's going on there. Um, so I think, do we want to do our callback first? Yeah, let, let's okay. just do that really okay. quickly. And it, it is uh, just more of a reminder that uh, Skype for Business is on the way out. So um, take a look at MC237645. I believe that was, uh, yep, so that's there. Um, so that's just talking about how we've got six months till Skype for Business Online is, is on the move. And so if you haven't already engaged and started to plan to shift to Microsoft Teams, and you get out of that island mode and you get into teams only mode. Um, and that's, you know, if you are using Skype for Business online, then you, that should all be well underway. Uh, mm -hmm. For those of you who are still using Skype for Business on-prem, of course, you've got a bit more control over that about mm -hmm. how you transition and when. But if you're Skype for Business online, get a move on. Six months to go. That's right. So that um, brings us to kind of our... You know, the next thing we want to talk about, which if you've, you know, lived under a rock or haven't been paying attention, um, Microsoft announced on February 4th, there is an event to talk about this new thing called Viva, V-I-V-A. Um, and it is about employee experience and engagement is what they're kind of um uh, calling it and it, it's broken up into really four categories um, and I don't know if they call them pillars what, what, how we're supposed to you know talk about that but it's connections insights uh, learning and topics uh, well, they're resources Daniel but they're experiences, experiences. that's right and the, and they are apps yes <laughs> so um, it, can let's Kind of talk about a little bit on overall thoughts on this, Daryl. What are your overall, you know, going through that that event and watching the videos, announcements, and and understanding what's going on? What are your overall kind of thoughts of Viva? Mm. Um, well, I'll, I will also drop a um, little card there at the top there that'll go to a short video of a, a simple explainer. Um, my initial impressions of Viva were I can recognize some pieces of what's already there in Microsoft 365. Um, I can see SharePoint. I can see Yammer. I can see a few other things there too. And we've already talked on the show today about my analytics coming into being insights. Uh, but we also see some hints towards things that had been promised a little while ago. Uh, Project Cortex talked about uh, being able to have topic pages 
Uh, we've already seen Syntex with its um, its other focus on business documents, but Cortex also had this topics page, and that was something that we we're looking towards. The learning app, which was talked about in June last year, and that it was addressing uh, the needs of trying to get people upskilled and and make that part of a, uh, a team experience so that managers can assign things to people and you can discuss your learning with other colleagues as and team members as you're doing that. So mixed, mixed impressions here. Uh, and I'm actually leaning more towards the positive because when I see the services that have already been in Microsoft 365 being reshaped, sure, Microsoft Viva, it's a brand, it's a collection of products, but it actually, for me, where I'm going to interact with it is within Teams. And I probably won't even think Viva. I'll just think insights, mm. um, connections, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, what you said is kind of right on par with what I was thinking. I recognize the some of the technology that's driving some of this. And I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. Um, I just... You know, I noticed that. Oh, SharePoint, when we're talking about um, connections, you know, that's SharePoint, that's Yammer, bringing in those inf that information, that connection points into Teams, right? Um, the uh, topics, yes, and most certainly recognized um, Cortex and with that technology underpinning and, and SharePoint syntax. Um, Viva Learning. You know, I recognize that as being something that uh, Learning Pathways uh, kind of started that that collection of uh, materials, videos, and walkthroughs of information, and making those available to your users without them having to go search for it. Right? I, I need I need to find content that has to do with a specific thing I'm looking for. How to share externally? I'm just throwing that out there. How do I do that? Rather than them having to go hunt, do their search for the, via their favorite search engine and find a video that show. We make that all mm. provided to them. And so Viva Learning, I think, uh, is kind of a version two for me. It's not what Microsoft's calling it, but it's kind of the version two of this um, goal that Learning Pathways has of bringing those resources into your users. And so what this is doing is not just making those Microsoft resources available, but it's also third-party resources. So there's some highlights mm. of um, of other t platforms like Pluralsight and others that you can plug into. Um, and then also they talked about how you can plug into um, third-party apps for LMS. Those are learning management systems, meaning... I want my users to watch these this content and make sure they actually, you know, took part in that content so that we're all up to the same level of of how to use Office or how to use Teams or whatever. Uh, get that training mm. so we're all on par. Um, so, uh, and we've talked a lot about insights already in the episode today, but um, so I, I feel like I see what's the technology that's underneath there. And while it is familiar, meaning uh, some of it's new and some of it's not, but that doesn't make me less excited about 
this being brought to us as apps that we can easily use in teams that we can easily get to our users. So that's kind of, mm. kind of how I felt about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I know that we plan to, to deep dive on some of these things and we'll do it with a few friends at regarding three, six, five as well, over a, a few discussions. Cause it is definitely worth, worth talking about. Um, I think the key, key differences for me in, in uh, what we currently have and what we were promised and what has been, I guess, delayed while they positioned it for Viva um, is it, it is about how we transition between these tools. And there was this goal uh, quite a way back about wouldn't it be great if we could just use a tool and transition to another tool, not really even think about that it's a tool, but we're just there and we're clicking into that experience and we're using it. And it's kind of starting to happen there in Teams, though we, we are a little concerned about the number of apps in there. The other thing about this is, while it is a reframing of some of what we've already got, there's also a lot of intelligence now being put in behind that. And I think we'll see more of that um, as an experience when we see the mobile apps coming through too, mm -hmm. that it's suggesting connections, it's suggesting content that you might want to look at for learning, mm -hmm. topics, Topics is a topic in itself, um, but it certainly is going to help people find knowledge easier and be able to participate in that curation process at different levels. Uh, I just think it's something that, yeah, we could continue to talk and this show would continue to go on. <laughs> There's just a lot, a lot to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, we're not even pretending like we're trying to cover Viva in this show. That's not the intent. We just wanted to give it some of that high level thoughts and some of our insights, no pun intended, on you know where this is going to be and how we're going to see this coming through. Of course, I think as these items start to roll out, we're gonna be covering it on the show as, as we do about all uh, items that are coming through uh, to your uh, tenants that uh, we feel are important. So, uh, you know, we're going to be covering these more. This is not the last time we're talking about it, but. What, one of those things, Daniel, and I know it's mm -hmm. out there in the community at the moment, you can get a trial of topics. So that's something that w mm -hmm. maybe you and I can have a closer look at. Uh, trial will be available for a period of time, uh, 30 days or so. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a, there's a monthly price after that. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, you know, we didn't cover Viva all the way through, but hopefully uh, you've got a little bit of information, know what it is and know that uh, what, what our thoughts are on high level. But um, I'm excited to see how organizations are going to be using it in conjunction with what they're already doing. You know, this is I don't see it as something that is taking you know, it's not going to replace everything that you're doing right now in your organization, right? It's going to. Mm. And so how are your organizations going to use this functionality and this technology uh, to better what you're doing? You know, mm. hurry up and get the job done, do the job Still well, and then move on. Bringing yeah. those things together, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. that, that connections demo that we see mm -hmm. is there's a SharePoint site involved. In fact, isn't it called the SharePoint home? That mm -hmm. That's what it was talked about beforehand. Mm -hmm. You're still going to need a site behind that. It's not mm -hmm. just going to look great and have all that information sort of there. <laughs> and then the role of Yammer, it's, it's, you know, some organizations don't use it, but it seems to be quite important for topics mm -hmm. uh, and identifying who are the experts that are talking about things. 
Um, so, yeah, I think I'm looking forward to talking a bit more about this with other people and yeah. seeing how it plays out. Yeah, me too. Well, that is our show, episode 181. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye.